0: Mary Beth Highland is the founder and chief visionary of Spark Vision. She helps companies create strong values and culture, and she does that through helping people connect with purpose. It's a major turn for a person who gave spirituality the absolute stiff arm earlier in life. Now she's helping people take it one step at a time, living a more fulfilled life at a pace they're comfortable with, starting with mindfulness and intention. Her new book permission to be human really gets into how to change your life and change your culture at work. She's had a lot to overcome. She was a victim of child abuse and was diagnosed with a work addiction in her 20s. So she gives people a lot of grace and helps them walk through the process of injecting truth and purpose into their work. She builds bridges for people to help them get to the life they really want. So this is Mary Beth Highland, The Bridge. But before we begin, did you know you can watch this entire episode on YouTube? Yeah, I know, every interview, every awesome moment, it's all been captured on multiple cameras in our studio in Nashville. Just know you can always check out these full interviews on YouTube and then also really feel like you're sitting with me with each guest. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, comment on the videos you like best, and be a part of our community. Just look up Amstigator. Let's get started. You ready to get started? I'm so ready. Okay, so I've got uh, a little series of questions here. It's a game I like to play. Okay. It's called Best Time Worst Time. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. When was the best time in your life?
1: Right now. (laughs) No way! Yeah. Tell me why. This past two or so years has been such an incredible experience of understanding like what you really want and what you don't and all the things that you've been making excuses about that you thought like one day I'll do something about that and so this is the best time because I've never felt more in alignment with my values my purpose the connection to everything that I'm here to do and our big long-term vision in our lives is to open a retreat center in Idaho and we just bought our first tiny home <gasps> for the property that. just a few weeks ago. So all those things that have always been a dream or, you know, maybe one day I'll stop doing that kind of work and I'll start doing this kind of work. That it's just, that's what it is now.
0: Yeah. You're actually doing the thing. You're making yes. the choices to, to live the life you yes. want to live. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, when was the worst time in your life?
1: easily, I would say it was like a period of time. So probably like middle school, elementary, middle school. And that was because my father was abusive. And it was a a kind of circumstances where he said that if we told anybody about the abuse, that my parents would get a divorce and it would be our fault. And so it was a very intense uh, manipulation. And when you're a kid, you just you believe what yeah. you're
0: told, and you had no idea to know that what he was doing was wrong, and you actually could tell exactly.
1: Someone. And when I gave little bits of like he's really mean, I'm really scared of him, it was really shut down, and it wasn't something that was um, investigated or mm. looked at. And so it was an experience where I thought something was wrong with me mm. versus something was wrong with that situation. Wow.
0: and only adulthood gets you to that place right realizing that it was him you were never the problem yeah yeah you probably have had to do a lot of work with that
1: yeah and actually you know that question of this is the best time of my life i know that if it wasn't for that worst time those experiences i wouldn't be able to do the work i'm doing today i had to have the father that i had in order to be the woman that i am today and to have those experiences of extreme trauma and then self-hatred for a large Mm -hmm. portion of my life to ultimately realize that you don't actually have to live that way and you can get help and there is support and there are tools and techniques and lots of different modalities of how you can heal. And so the work that I get to do now is based on my personal journey of healing. So it's not like, oh, I memorized this philosophy or I understand this framework. Yes, those things are great tools to have, but it comes from the wisdom of my experience and all that came out of a really deep and intense healing journey.
0: Wow. When was there a turning point in your life? And do you remember that?
1: Yes. So when I was, gosh, I remember how old I was. I must have been like 26, 27. I was running a young professionals group at my local chapter of United Way and it was an extremely successful program. It was actually deemed the global best practice model for all of the United Way system. And every year I put on a young professionals conference and there was about 500 people at the conference that year. And I always gave the closing keynote as the director of the program. And every year in the program, I had talked about my foster daughter and I really used her as sort of like this story to compel people to give and to Mm -hmm. be more generous because it was all about philanthropy in the work that I was doing. And what I never did was talk about my own story. Which was powerful. Yeah, and I realized like, who am I to put this child out there and not, share what was going on in my own life. And that year my father had died um, a few months prior and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not gonna keep this a secret. And so on stage my last year, I knew I was gonna leave. Like nobody (laughs) knew but me and my husband at that time. And I decided this year in the closing keynote, I am going to share my story. And so in front of 500 people, which about 100, 200, I knew personally um, on stage, I said, you've heard me talk about my foster daughter, but you've never really heard me talk about why. And most people assume that I do this because I'm just a good person, not because I actually know what it feels like. We have very different life circumstances, but the same emotional experience of -hmm. of having abuse that was not being, no one was doing anything about it in the home. And so when I shared that on stage, it was definitely an
0: outer body experience. Did you cry? Because- A little bit. I'm just amazed you could keep it in, like sharing that for the first time publicly. Well, I had been in therapy for a while. Mm. So
1: that is one big thing. A lot of people ask me like, oh, I want to be brave and vulnerable like that. And it's like, I think that there is a certain amount of healing that needs to be done before you just put it out there to everybody in a sense of like, you don't know how people are gonna respond. You need to create psychological safety for yourself first. And so I had been in years of therapy at that point and I had talked to my therapist about it. You know, it was was a plan. And interestingly, my boss at the time, I told her that I was gonna do this and I was gonna share this story of why, Mm. um, why I do this work. And she said, "I really don't want you to do that." Oh, wow! And she said, "I'm afraid that you are going to cry. Mm. I'm afraid you're not going to be able to keep it together, and it's going to be really um, distracting for everybody else."
0: Oh, oh! And so that
1: created one of these like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yes I am." <laughs> <laughs> well, watch me, right? <laughs> um, and so that really fueled me to be like, "Well, who are you to tell yeah. me what story I'm allowed to tell?" Ultimately, she was very proud of me, and it, you know, it 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 was the most transformative experience because I walked in as one person and I left as someone else. Mm. There were people in the audience who had known me my whole life and had no idea. And they said, oh my God, now I understand you so much better. And there were people that I had never met before who said, I really wanna share my story with you because this is the first time I ever felt like I could. Wow. And to this day in Baltimore where I live, I will be places and people will say, I was there when you told your Mm. story and I don't even know them, wow. And so it was easily this extremely transformative experience but also this purpose igniting experience of the thing I had really held as my deepest darkest secret that I never wanted anybody to find out about was my biggest power.
0: Mm. God, I love that. When was your greatest moment of clarity? Mm, I'll say that was a part
1: of it. That was a part of it for sure. But then everything that came afterwards, because it was like the first domino to start falling of like, whoa, I can actually tell the truth about my life and my experience and people will actually honor that to be the truth because at home it was, I was told that I was too sensitive, Mm. you know, a crybaby needed so much attention. The world didn't revolve around me. And so I carried a pretty heavy load of thinking
0: that, Okay, something's wrong with me if I want to talk about these kinds of things. Right. Um when and, the whole time you were a victim and no one was acknowledging, no one knew, and no one acknowledged that you were a victim.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was wow. it was really, it was really difficult. But I'll say that that from that moment, the dominoes were just like every time somebody came up and said, Thank you so much for doing that, it was like more purpose, more yeah. purpose, more purpose. And it just kept happening over and over again. And, um, it's the, experience now, I'm so grateful that, um, now that I have this book permission to be human, it's people all over the world are saying this to me that Mm. I don't, I've never even spoken to. Right. And so it's created this new level of recognition that you can touch people's lives by just sharing your stories. You obviously know that, right? You wouldn't be
0: doing this work if you didn't. What's something about your nature you feel like you've overcome, or you continue to overcome? My work addiction. So
1: I didn't know that that was an actually clinical diagnosis, and it was when I started to go to therapy that my my therapist said, "You have a work addiction," and I was like, "What do you mean? Like yeah. that's not that's a thing? thing. Yeah, <gasps> exactly. That's what makes me successful. That's right. I like doing right? this. I'm I, good at You it. need to do this, yeah. right? And. Um, and it was, it was to a point where I was working probably 18 hours in a day. And oh. it was the kind of experience where I was falling asleep on the couch, the laptop on me, and then waking up two, three in the morning, working some more, falling back asleep on the couch, and then going into work like, immediately after. Wow. And it was, it was seven days a week. Why? Oh my gosh, why? What drove you? Well, my father always told me I wasn't good enough. And so what I've learned in my own healing journey is the messages that you receive up until the age of seven are really the ingrained programming of how you operate the rest of your life. Yeah. And so I was constantly trying to prove that I was good enough. And during that time that I had this work addiction, I was receiving global accolades. I was innovator of the year. I was getting every award you can imagine in Baltimore. And so it was like, good job. Yeah. Keep going, you're, you're doing so great. You're addicted and it's working for you. Exactly. And so from the outside, it really looked like I had this amazing situation, yeah. but on the inside, I was just like hating myself. Mm-hmm. I just was never good enough. And it wasn't until um, one morning when my husband rolled over in bed and he, and he just said, it's so good to see you. And I was like, what do you mean? You see me all the time. He's like, you're either at work or already started working or asleep on the couch when I wake up in the morning. So I haven't actually seen you when I wake up in bed in a while. And he wasn't being, he was being very kind. Like he was saying like, he was really happy to see me, right? And that's when I said, I have a problem and I need to get help. And so that's what created this um, really important opportunity to, to heal what was
0: deeper. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. What do you find yourself saying a lot lately? The things that come out of your mouth all the time. I mean, every day, I give yourself permission to be human,
1: like all the time. Where does that come from? It comes from my book, but the, really that title came from my clients. So I have um, a long-term client that I've been working with their company. And when the pandemic hit, obviously like everyone else, we had to shift the work dramatically. And the CEO came into one of our meetings that we were just, you know, I, I run a group within the company to with helping them to live out their values and their culture. And he said, you know, this work is giving us permission to be human. And I didn't know that was possible here. Mm -hmm. And I actually missed it. The first time that he said it, and I just was like, you know, it just felt so nice that he did. He wanted to tell the whole team what an impact they were making. And then he got off the line, and one of the women in the group said, did you hear what he just said? <laughs> he said we're giving this team permission to be human, and this is a construction company, so wow. this is not a normal um the activities and things that we were doing were really outside of the norm. Right. They're already a great organization, but it was just taking it to the next level of humanity
0: within the workplace. Oh, I love that. W- what do you think your purpose is right now? Well,
1: I, my purpose has been clear for a while, um, and I've, I say this very regularly, is to create spaces where voices are heard, stories are released, and purpose is ignited. And I used to say where stories are validated. Mm. And I realized that was actually from my trauma of needing other people to say, it's real, it's real, it's real. And then after going on a deeper healing journey, you don't need other people to tell you it's real. Like you need to validate yourself. And If you're looking for other people to do that for you, it's just, you're never actually gonna get to the next place. So releasing it is so powerful.
0: And when do you think
1: you realized
0: that, that that was your purpose?
1: It started in that turning point moment of like, whoa, if I can share my story, then it gives other people to sh- permission to share their stories. Yeah. And then I started to do different retreats and workshops and trainings where people were saying things like, I've held on to this my entire life. I've never told anybody oh, this my before. Gosh. And it was just a pretty standard thing that happened in those spaces. and. I thought, why is this so rare, yeah. right? Why is this so rare? And, I, and what I heard over and over again was the container, mm-hmm. right? The container that's created of psychological safety, feeling like they have permission to be human, feeling like it's a, it's a, it's a place where they can really be authentic to who they are. Yeah. And that part of why they're there is to actually release and do that. I actually just had an experience. It was a one hour thing online with a women's group and a woman who was probably 70 years old said at the end of it, when she shared, I have spent my entire life thinking I couldn't share this part of myself because it would make other people think that I wasn't a powerful leader. Mm. And I just said it for the first time out loud and I already feel so much lighter and now I have somebody who I can go back and talk to about this. And I have no idea what she shared wow. in her breakout experience, but it was just hearing that that was like, yes. Yeah. So you can do
0: that in such little time. Right. Well, why do you why do you think that container exists? you know, is that a society thing? Is that a thing that we impose on ourselves? What do you think it is? What do you mean? Uh, tell like me the container, you're right. saying like, we put, we put ourselves in this container. Like we have this mm. framework that we're all supposed to live mm, within. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? What do you think it's from? Yeah. Well,
1: I think that the, I, I, so when I was talking about container before, I I wanted to talk about it in more of a this is a positive thing. Oh, all right. Whereas the container of psychological safety, like it's safe inside mm, this space, I right? See. Whereas the container I think you're talking about is more of the societal norm container. Right. right. More of the um, if you pass this these boundaries, then you're not accepted here. Right. Right, that if you don't check these boxes and follow this path, then it's probably dangerous for right, you right. to go down that route. Um, and I think that that exists because, I mean, I just put it out there, like I, I think that we're in a society that's really wants us to pay our bills, work really hard, and then hope that we make it to death
0: safely. Yeah or make it there. You'll make it there at some point.
1: Yeah, right? we'll I mean, all make it's, it there. <laughs> it's like, how can we just be the lowest risk, mm. keep, dim us as much as possible so that we follow the program that's right. being instilled in us from the time that we go to school of what it means to be successful. Um, and then of course, what, what our parents and the people that raise us are such huge influencers around um, how you receive love. Yeah, And it only feels safe to receive love in certain ways.
0: Yeah. When do you feel like you started changing your story? Because I, I think to have the healing that you've had to have, you, at some point you had to say, this can't be mine anymore.
1: Yeah. It was therapy. I mean, therapy was the beginning. Like
0: how old were you? What was going on I at that time? I was
1: probably, oh, probably 24. So I'm 37 now. So it's been a, wow, it's been a journey. Yeah. Um thinking about how long that that process has been. And um, having a therapist, like, tell me, like what happened to me was real. Like I'm not making it up. And then helped me to start pull apart the stories I was telling myself that weren't actually serving me mm. or anybody else that I was regurgitating the stories to. Yeah. And then reframing those stories. It was it was not that my therapist gave it to me, but she got me to a place where I realized If it weren't for all of this trauma, I'd never be
0: doing the work
1: that I'm doing today. And the reason people feel that safety and connection is because they know that it's authentic and real that I wouldn't have gotten to
0: if I hadn't had that pain. Right. So let's talk about the work that you're doing. How do you describe it? You meet somebody in the street. What do you say you do?
1: (laughs) I say that I work with individuals and organizations who are looking to uncover their values and then live in alignment with those values to have a sense of purpose and aliveness and all of those things that we get when we're really energized because our values are really lived and not just nice ideas.
0: And where did that come from for you?
1: Well, when I started the series of doing workshops and retreats. When I started my company, um, almost seven years ago now, it was an experience where I was like, well, I want other people to have what I had on stage that day. Yeah, And I don't know how to do that for other people because most people will, don't want to be on stage, right? Like yeah. that would be a horrible thing for them. Um, and so I started to focus groups And I brought in diverse groups of people that I knew and loved and trusted. And I just started telling them what kinds of spaces and experiences I wanted to create in our community. And then a woman in the group said, you know, what you're really talking about is values. And, you know, our values come (laughs) from our life experiences. Yeah. And And, were you like light bulb? Oh, my gosh. It was (laughs) it was like a lightning bolt. You know, it just was like zing. (laughs) And it stuck, you know, in the same way that permission to be human stuck. It was just like, it's true. That's it. And so it's not actually that I'm super passionate about values as much as I'm passionate about the emotional intelligence that values unlock like instantly for people. Yeah. You could talk about really deep things or start in the shallow end. But when you do it through the lens of values, people understand themselves in a way that maybe could feel a little too complex if we're just talking about like emotional intelligence overall right. or healing overall right. or purpose overall. It's like, well, let's understand what makes you
0: come alive. Yeah.
1: And let's understand what doesn't. Well, what are some of those values that,
0: that you find you
1: end up working in a lot? Well, a lot of authenticity right now. There are a lot of people who have been awakened during this time and realizing I have been this person for everybody
0: else mm. my whole life. And that's not actually who I am. Right. you know what's interesting about that is as being a news anchor, we have uh, consultants that come in all the time for lots of different things. And one of the consultant presenta- presentations we've had just in the last Gosh, I think it probably started in 2019, even before COVID, they started to really begin testing millennials specifically because now millennials are in this main demographic that advertisers love. Advertisers love 25, 54, age 25 to 54. And already in 2019, they were finding that millennials kept saying the same thing over and over again. Authenticity, authenticity. Mm. They wanted authenticity. I say they, I, and you. I was gonna say we, us. You mean us? We are <laughs> our millennials. And it was so. I can't tell you like what a redeeming time it was for me to sit in a presentation and finally begin hearing the results in the research begin to bear out. It showed exactly what I'd been feeling. And at that moment, I felt like, oh my gosh, what I want as a person is finally being listened to, because now it's coming out in research that companies are seeing all over the place, especially media companies are saying, we want authenticity, authenticity from the stories we hear, authenticity from the people who give us those stories. And so then you take COVID, you take lockdown, the great, as, as awful as this was for our entire world, there were some really beautiful parts of COVID and lockdown. It forced so many of us to go in and find our authentic selves and ask ourselves the questions of what do we really want? And and now, even more so, fast forward, and I saw research again a couple of months ago that was like, millennials, they want... They want this, they want that. And I'm sitting there in the back of the presentation room going, God, why did we spend money on this? (laughs) Just come talk to me. Talk about authenticity. Tell me, come come talk, come ask me what you wanna know. I am in your target demographic. Authenticity is everything. We wanna see the fault lines. We don't want perfection, right? I feel like that as a millennial, don't you?
1: Totally, and what has been really rewarding and simultaneously like, it's hard when people come to you and they don't actually know who their authentic self is Mm. So it's not like, Oh, you know, I have this cowgirl inside of me that I need to let out, <laughs> uh, which is my story. But, um, the, uh, they're like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know because I've been following somebody else's program mm. my entire life. And so what is step one? Like, yeah. what is the first step well, for understanding well, who I am? Is it? What is step one? So I, that's where the values come in.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's where the
1: values come in. So instead of, there's this, there's also this big trend now of like knowing your why, knowing your purpose, like, of course that that is important. And it also puts a huge amount of pressure on people who don't know. Totally. And then they start feeling like something's wrong with them. Like, why don't I know my purpose? What's broken in me? Right. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I talk about it is once you know your values, if you can understand even your top core value, just one, then if you're activating it,
0: you're living your purpose Yeah, because you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing something that you love, something that seems important to you. What's another value you find that that comes up a lot?
1: Right now, connection also is huge. And I think for similar reasons, people are feeling disconnected. Disconnected from themselves, disconnected from other people, disconnected from their work. And so they're trying to figure out what does connection look like now? And how can I do it in a way where it is activating my values versus like required connection, right? Yeah. We know about these sort of, sometimes it's like, well, you got to go to the such and such as thing, or I have to go to Aunt Sally's, whatever it is, you know? <laughs> and and so it creates this, like it's a required or a mandatory mm-hmm. connection versus a when I'm this is a real deep connection yeah. that's igniting something
0: inside of me when I have it. Don't you think that begins with choice? Someone has to make the choice to decide that that's something they want and then and then they have to make the effort associated with that and they
1: have to be able to set boundaries. Yeah. And boundaries are so key to doing any of this work so i i teach mindfulness and meditation alongside this work actually created values-based mindfulness because you really can't be doing this work if you're not mindful and so one of the things i always say is like it doesn't matter how much you meditate or breathe or do yoga or any of those things if you
0: keep making the same choices ah oof Right? Like totally, those
1: things will help you to get clear on what choices to make, Mm. right? Those things give you the space to say, oh, I'm actually not going to go to the annual gathering with people who make me feel terrible about myself. That's an interesting choice. Right? I think that's a good choice, um, That is a good one. Be, but, but feeling like they have permission to say, no, I, I'm not able to make it. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me and, and considering
0: me. Is permission, you think a word you've been living for a few years? Is that where, you know, I, I know it's permission to be human, but permission's a, that's a loaded word. It is. And for someone who had a work addiction, permission yes. is probably, that was everything. Oh my gosh.
1: Yes. You hit the nail on the head. It's so true. And so I literally every single day have to tell myself to give myself permission to be human mm. because it's an experience where it's so easy to fall back into old patterns. Right. So like when my book came out, it was an experience that I went right back into work addiction. I mm. had told myself I have to do everything now or else no one's going to read the book. I have to ramp up. I have to do all the things, and I was like, "Promotion,
0: right? You're talking about promotion, yeah." And it's like, "I know
1: how to do this. I'm good at this." And then two months later, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just put myself back to where I was five years ago," and I disguised it Mm. as being, you know, a good mother to my new book baby. Yeah, yeah. um,
0: Versus why would you go against everything that you just built? You just built it and you did all that work to get to the place where you could be that kind of vessel for that message yes. to come out. Yeah. And then suddenly you reverted. Yes. Well, what did you decide was the reason that you did it? That I reverted
1: or? Yeah. yeah, Because I didn't think I was good enough. I will tell you after my launch, so the launch event was so successful, there was such great energy and it was like, boom, as soon as it stopped, I went, here's everything I did wrong. Oh. Here's um, who I didn't acknowledge that I should have acknowledged. Here's this. Meanwhile, there was over 200 people. It was yeah. so well-received. It, it's to the point where my PR team is using it as a model for how other
0: people can launch their books. And I, I it just wasn't good enough. Well, well, okay. So when you come across people like you, which uh, there are people out there like that. I mean, plenty, plenty. I'm going to say yeah. us. There yeah. are plenty of us yes. Yes. out there like yeah. that that judge ourselves unfairly. So when you come across people like that knowing your own experience how do you handle that how do you connect with that person how do you maybe help them see the, the the fallacy in their ways yeah well i usually share
1: my own experience with it right and and doing it in a way that's meeting them where they are and like not everybody can relate to launching a book so that wouldn't be story that i might choose in that moment but um, for example there's a woman i'm working with right now who english is her second language and she just hates herself because Mm. she doesn't feel she can um, be able to be a real american and she feels like she doesn't deserve a promotion and she felt like she might as well just quit her job and go work at some kind of a fulfillment center where she doesn't have to speak meanwhile she's a high level um very sophisticated person in her work And we had a coaching session because she was going to lead a meeting and she's like, I can't tell you how horrible this feels for me because I am so afraid of what people are going to think if my English isn't perfect. Oh, wow. And so I shared with her, um, you know, I never used to wear anything that showed my arms because I was told that I had fat arms. Oh God, now we're getting into women body image yeah, issues. Yeah, but I, which but are then I so co- rampant. Which are, which are so, so rampant. rampant. And so I told her I used to think I was so ugly and and I was t- and she was just like, well, that's not true. Well, that's not true. Well, that's mm. not true. I'm like, it's the same story of what you're saying.
0: Yeah. You're telling yourself this story yes. that's not true.
1: It's the same story. It's just a different version, yeah. right? And so you can see how ridiculous that is for me to say. Right. And so I want you to take the own medicine of what you just said to me right. for yourself. Um, and so that that is definitely, uh, I know that the majority of folks I work with are working with me because
0: they want somebody who can understand what the journey is like. Well, and don't, don't you feel like the first step to that is sharing those things, like sharing those things that you, those hangups you have. So like you and your arms, or this woman and her, 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 her English language. I mean, you have to trust the person on the other side yeah. to even start. And yes. you have to trust yourself too, yes. right? Because like if you don't, if you choose not to share that, you'll never have the growth that comes from it. Exactly. And that's what I said. I was like, look, if you have this
1: huge fear that your English isn't where it needs to be, how are you ever gonna get better? Right. If you no know, one can tell you where there are opportunities and where you're doing really well. And she's just so scary, so scary, so scary. And it, we only had two sessions together. And she did such a beautiful job leading this meeting. She just texted me a couple days ago and said, I'm about to leave a, a whole staff-wide meeting and oh, I am not nervous. Good. And it's, it d- didn't take years, right? <laughs> it just took somebody saying, look, what you're going through, what we all are going through, it just doesn't sound the same or look the same. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do this. You just right. have to change the stories in your head about what's going on.
0: I hope you're loving Amstigator. Honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had. From the moment I decided to create this podcast in 2021, I knew building community was the goal. I mean, it was everything. And thanks to the internet, we're able to be worlds apart, but still be connected. But I'm creating a way for us to get together, like physically, actually in person with Amstigator events. I have an event coming up in June, right here in Nashville. It'll be a time where you can meet some of your favorite podcast guests, watch a live podcast taping and listen to speakers who I've personally selected, who will help us all reframe our thinking and reclaim our lives. That's literally the purpose. It's literally the name. I'm calling it Reclaim by Amstigator because I want you to go into this one day summit, so ready to receive some really high grade wisdom about reclaiming your life as your own you know we take on so much expectation and storylines from other people that quite frankly aren't ours so what is your story let's find it let's reclaim that that's the purpose of this event and i want you to join me just go to mstigator.com events and you'll find everything you need to know right there to sign up book your travel and come to nashville now let's get back to the conversation Um, I want to I want to talk to you about something that I, I I just like your perspective on here because something that I think about a lot is does purpose and finding purpose and finding what you're supposed to do in this life does you know or this in this stretch of years at this time in your life does that have to be spiritual hmm. and it's a question I think about a lot because I think from my own personal lens, I mean, I grew up in a very spiritual religious household. And so there was, you know, there were a lot of rules and regulations based on uh, religion and spirituality. And and so as an adult, I I mean, I gave spirituality the stiff arm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, um, you know, in the last year, probably, as I began to create this podcast, as I began to uh, really try to figure out what it was that I wanted to bring more meaning into my life, um, things that I had previously given the stiff arm to had started to, to, to come back in and to, I don't want to say creep back in because that would suggest that it was negative, but um, things started to feel more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, based on your perspective, I mean, you're working, in a, you're working in, a, in, in a commercial situation. You know, yes, you're working one-to-one, but you are working with businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, how often does spirituality... End up becoming part of this like values, purpose kind of uh, kind of conversation that you have every time. Really, does it? <laughs> and are people comfortable with that? Well, it's how it's
1: it's how it's being said, well, right? How do you so, bring it up? So I, I'm not I'm not going to say like, hey, Lauren, let's talk about spirituality with <laughs> the <this> company, right? <laughs> um, but it's the way the conversation goes. So it's it's interesting because many people who have I've gone into work in other companies or they came to a workshop or a training or whatever they have said, wow, I love how you weave spirituality into everything you do. And I'm like, you picked up on
0: that? Yeah. Like right." You, it's like they didn't
1: even, I didn't even do that intentionally. Yeah. And like, I've had so many people reach out about the book. I was like, I love how much spirituality you wove into the book, but it wasn't a like section on spirituality, right? Yeah. It was a way of speaking that has the
0: undertones mm. of spirituality. Okay, so like what words are we talking about? What words have the undertones of spirituality that you feel like you're using Helping purpose, so like you so just do said, purpose—a a spiritual term. Well-being, that you think well-being
1: spiritual? Yes, I absolutely do. Wow, inner harmony. Hmm. Um. I think um. Any, any time that you want to get to the ultimate, if you want to get to the ultimate level of success, spirituality must be involved. It there's there's no other way. And I and I will tell you that as somebody who was not spiritual. Um, prior to going on my journey from being diagnosed with a work addiction, the first thing that my therapist said to me is talk to me about your relationship with spirituality. And I just clumped it in with religion. There was no separation to me and I did not have a positive experience with religion. And so I was like, don't talk to me about that nonsense. Like that is not going to be a part of this experience together. And she was like, totally respectable, you know, respected all that. And, um, it was it was funny because years and years and years later um and then I came back and I told her I'm like you would never believe who I am today because spirituality is the greatest greatest um igniter for me in yeah. my purpose and it's it's really A lot of people think you're going to talk about something religious, but the way that I talk about it is like this greater purpose, this greater connection, the energy that exists everywhere we go, everything being connected to each other. Every time we make a choice, it impacts more than just us and understanding that connection from a place of this bigger thing that's bigger than us. And um, through, I typically use the word universe, Versus like God or anything that feels maybe a little more on the religious side, Um, but it has been really rewarding for people to recognize that, first of all, we're not in control. We think we are. Sometimes it feels like, well, I'm very in control right now, but anything could happen. This pandemic has been a huge eye opener to that. We think that we have all this stuff that we can manage, but really there's a much bigger, bigger thing at play. Um, and when we can connect into that, right. And we can, I'm going to start talking in my spiritual language. Please do. I'm,
0: I'm interested. Manifesting law of attraction,
1: you know, your vibration, the energy you're putting out there. I can, I, I literally, have never experienced the level of abundance that I'm experiencing during this time of things shutting down and you know people losing their jobs and people not knowing what they're gonna do. We have quadrupled. Oh, wow. And we're just getting started. Yeah. And it, I know that it is, sure, it's the actions that I take, absolutely. I'm not downplaying that there's a lot of work that goes into it, but the bigger thing is trusting trusting and surrendering to the knowing that i'm here to do big things and that the path is just going to keep opening up for me if i'm listening to the whispers Mm. and so that you know when you when i said well-being and you were like well-being i I just never heard anyone call it spiritual ever because the way that i talk about it is through listening to your body's whispers right so so it starts with intuition
0: yes. right and, and most people don't consider intuition well some people probably consider intuition spiritual but intuition's one of those words that i think has become so so ubiquitous plenty of people talk about intuition especially with women To the point that I think plenty of people could say it and not feel that it's spiritual. Is that another gateway word you think? Yeah, I love that
1: gateway word. Yes, it's definitely, it's that bridge, right? It's it's the the meeting people where they're comfortable. So if you're, if you understand, some people aren't comfortable with intuition. Really? Yes. Some people are really turned off by some of that language. Thankfully, there's so much more research being done, scientifically proving, right, that that for people who are like, no, you have to show me, yeah. like the data yeah, there's around data this. About it. Absolutely. There's so much data. The gut feeling. There's, I, there's all of that. Exactly. And um, it's such a powerful way of right now. The majority of us are overwhelmed, stressed, to have anxiety having sleep issues. And so if you can say. Let's start with your well-being. Hmm. Let's start with your body. Let's start with understanding yeah. what. Okay, you get migraines all the time. Well, what's going on when you get that migraine? Yeah. Did you take a terrible phone call? Exactly. Are you working on a
0: long-term project? Yes.
1: What are what are the conditions in which this is happening versus something's wrong with my body? Like, no, your body is sending you a message about a bigger opportunity that can, you can shift inside of yourself, other right. with the stories you're telling yourself or the choices you're making outside of your body. Um, but the more that you're tuning into that as like a the source yeah like the source not well let me see what mary beth thinks or lauren thinks it's like no you got to tune into what right. you actually are feeling because no one else can tell you that but right. yourself and that's when people start to feel their own power and understanding like oh, I start to get really stiff in my neck when I'm doing this every Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Maybe I should stop doing that. Yeah, yeah, start there. But we don't often notice the patterns or give us space to notice our own patterns. And so we just keep recycling yeah. those patterns that are taking us in a downward spiral versus, oh, my body, which is the keeper of my soul, that's step two, <laughs> right? And like you could say well-being in your body and then when you say the keeper of your soul that is the next level of opening into spirituality the soul
0: something i think about a lot too is um you know how did how did we evolve you know as a race of humans it wasn't because we had the internet it wasn't because we had information and i think uh modern times now i mean we are we are so knowledgeable i believe that we've given the brain too much power we evolved as as mammals because we could feel our way through situations. That gut instinct, it is how we evolved. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the last, I don't know, probably 100 years, maybe more, we've started to give this part too much control because we say, if I don't see it or if I don't understand it, then it can't be right. Now, I absolutely say that science is incredible the things that we've created are incredible, how far we've come, it is unbelievable. But in a lot of, in a lot of ways, most of us, I feel like, have forgotten this. Like, how do we, how do we tune in? Why don't we ask ourselves, what, what do I want? And i and I agree with you. I think that's the beginning point. Certainly, if you feel like there needs to be some kind of transformation, there has to be that question first. Yeah. And don't you feel like because I, I look at you, Mary Beth, and I think I really do see a bridge, two canyons, this unspiritual side and this spiritual side. And because of your own personal experience, you're standing on this bridge and you're looking back on this other side of people that are like, "Uh and that's not me. That's not, mm -mm, nope. don't talk purpose. Don't talk spirituality. Don't talk any of that with me. And it's almost like you're reaching back and you're saying, let's just get started. You just tell me as as long as you're comfortable, we'll just. We'll start with your body. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. It's, it's, I love that
1: visual. It's so powerful, that visual. It's true because you got, you, you, you can't start with, oh, let's come together and do a manifestation ceremony yeah. and raise our vibrations. Your vibration. <laughs> you, you can with people yeah. who are there, right? Mm-hmm. But in this idea of the bridge, it's like, well, let's start with let, helping you sleep through the night. Yeah, and then you're going to be a different person because your your body is more taking care of the keeper of your soul, and then you you can start to add and a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then you and then you get to the point of saying these things and people. It, it's funny. Somebody who I've known, um, we worked together professionally for for many years, and then he just joined one of my six week cohort programs called the Journey to Alignment, and he said in the beginning he had he had joined because he had come to one of our free. We do free monthly sessions with anybody who wants to come online. And he, James, my husband, he was leading a Tai Chi experience. And at the end, he had everybody just stand still and feel the energy that was moving through their hands. And he said, now repeat to yourself something like, I feel so much possibility and love running through me more than I can ever imagine. And my friend said that he started crying and mm. he never had that happen before. And he didn't know no. what was going on. It like freaked him out a little bit, but he knew it was something. Yeah he could feel it he could feel it he
0: didn't understand he didn't understand and he
1: never had done tai chi or anything like that before and so then when he enrolled in the program um i can't tell you how many times uh he had these extraordinary breakthrough moments and he's like you know when you used to talk about energy and alignment and how you need to have your vibration in alignment with what you want to attract. He's like, I thought there is no way. (laughs) No freaking way. And in less than six weeks before the program was over, he had manifested the job of his dreams, uh, $50,000 towards a program he'd been wanting to start his whole life. That was a reflection of his own journey that he wanted other people to have access to. And he was saying no to things that would have taken up the space Mm. if he had just kept going with the program of before. And he was like, I don't understand. (laughs) He's like, I don't know what's happening because this is the first time in my life that I'm owning it. Yeah. And I'm acknowledging it as the work I've done inside, right? And that's why it's showing up on the outside.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting because that it the is it, it is inner work, right? It is inside work that that has to happen before there can be an outward expression of that. Yes. And I and I do feel like, um, you know, some I, I've talked with different people about, you know, do you find purpose or does purpose find you? Mm. And I and I wonder, you know, the very very beginning of purpose, I feel like, is to. It is to recognize the brokenness or the missing pieces in your own story, starting with you, starting with self. And then it's the, maybe the the resolution of some of that, that then allows the outward expression that that we like to call purpose. But it does start inside. It is an inner experience first.
1: It is, 100%. You said it so well. We really cannot go out there to figure out what our, what we're here to be and to do. And I think oftentimes we want other people to validate, like this is the thing I'm supposed to do, right? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What would you do in this situation? Which I think is the worst thing you could possibly do. (laughs) Don't ask anyone else their opinion, just do it. And a lot of times you're asking people's opinions who are not living the life you would want to emulate.
0: And they don't have your vision.
1: Exactly. It it wasn't given
0: to them, it was given to you. Yes, and so a
1: big part of the work is untraining you to think I need other people to approve this for me. Yeah. Right. And I, 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 it's not the kind of thing of like, okay, let's reset life a hundred percent, but rather like, what are, what are the winks? What are the nudges? What are the whispers that you can start to take a baby step towards that direction? And then it starts to unfold. And sometimes it is a full reset, right? Of like, screw this, I'm like totally changing my life. Total Um, correction. And other times it's more of like, wow, I didn't even know I had that power inside of me by simply listening to myself first. (laughs) Right, right. And then going in the direction of what my heart said instead of what somebody else thought would be a nice idea for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you feel like as you started to kind of dip your toe into spiritual waters, do you feel like things opened up to you in the way that you're you're describing this this friend of yours or the person you know who who decided to start looking into these things and and then unlocking almost like gifts, gifts that were there in his own life. Do you have you found that for yourself? Oh my gosh, yes. It's and almost it's, like it's sitting there waiting for you, right? And it's every
1: day. It's yeah. every day. I I have a, a amazing um, spiritual girlfriend, she's a a soul sister who is more established in her um, spiritual journey. And she was actually the first person to open the door for me. And she often gets visions and will call me and get so excited to like share (laughs) a vision. Like, oh, I got a vision today. Um, And I'm like, yes, I can't wait to hear it. And she had this vision that she said, Mary Beth, I just saw you walking in this windy path and everywhere you went, there was this huge gift. And the message I'm here to give you is, just pull the string. Just pull the string and open the gift because it's always, the gift is always there for you and everything's already worked out. You just have to keep pulling the string. And I take that with me every day, because even when you, which actually did happen to me yesterday, step in dog poop and okay. like, you know, and it's like, this is a horrible, it's like- Welcome to Nashville. Not really, <laughs> like, is it really that horrible? Is that is that really what I'm gonna use to wipe out this amazing, unexpectedly beautiful day in the winter that yeah. was a sunny, wonderful thing? And instead, like, like, what's the gift here, you know? And keep looking for the gifts, even in the moments that don't seem like
0: there's gifts in them. What an interesting way to look at life, though. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm a totally guilty of this, and I'm, I'm sure all of us are at certain points in our lives, feeling like the things that are happening to us, you know, taking that kind of victim mentality when it's misplaced, I mean, there are true victims, but there are, there are times when we are not the victim and we want to play it, you know, which is only holding us back. It's such an interesting way to look at life, to say everything, your, all of your gifts are there. They are not gifts as in talents, but all of those presents are there for you. Those gifts are there for you. Just pull a string, pull the bow, open
1: it, open it. I was fortunate to be at an event with Oprah earlier this week. And one of the things she said, which I believe is from Eckhart Tolle, but she said, um, the universe gives us exactly what we need for our consciousness to evolve. And I was like, yes, exactly. So even when it's like, why is this happening to me? Right, that victim to me. To me, me. yeah. Um, It's like, well, we'll look around and see what the gift is. Like, look for it, search for the gems. One of the things I say to my clients all the time is we need to pull the wisdom from the wound. Mm. Oh, I love that. Pull the wisdom out and then that's what the gift is from this experience. And then you won't keep having that same kind of experience because you're going to be evolved. Your consciousness has evolved because you took the time to really honor the wisdom instead of complain or vent or just try to pretend like it never happened. But rather like let's. Get into it and understand.
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. and the quicker that we can see these terrible, because terrible things happen all the time. It's life. And there has to be, um, you know, a place where not only do we mourn whatever is being lost, but there has to be a time where we also say, all right, what's the lesson here? Because I believe the sooner we can accept the lesson in whatever it is, the sooner we can move past it. Oh and go gosh. and go just go forward cuz no one who wants to live in that yeah. I don't I don't want to live in that constant like groundhog day where it's the negativity every single day or bad choice, bad choice, bad choice, or victim mindset, victim mindset over and over again. There has to be a point where you have to say, I love that, the wisdom in the wound. That helps you just totally get past, don't you think? And and evolve more. Yes, and
1: what a gift then for somebody who comes to you in the future and says, I'm going through this terrible thing. I can't believe this is happening to me. And you can hold space for them. You can be comforting and you can say, You know, I I haven't gone through that situation, but once I went through this situation and this is what I learned, it's a different kind of engaging with people. And and it's saying not only like it's going to be okay, but also like here's my heroine's journey through that in my version of it. I'm not saying we're going through the same thing, right? We never want to say, oh, I know exactly how you feel because... You don't, It, it right? starts as when I, I remember when I had yes. this yeah. situation. I remember when I was so let down because that job yeah. didn't come through that I thought I wanted and guess what? It guess led what? me yeah. to
0: starting my own business. And you know what's beautiful about that is that I, I have found now that I'm you know, almost 37, I've found that I, I can look back now and I, I have the wherewithal, I have the life experience to be able to say, it always turns out the way it's supposed to. So. And that's, that I feel like that evolved nature. That took me a long time to get to. It took me till this year, honestly. Some people get there so much earlier. I did not, uh, because I, I did, you know, feel like I could force things into being. I could force um, that promotion, or I could force that job or I could I could force it. And the yep. truth was I was never in control, and I never will be. Uh, truly. It's, it's more a matter of, am I following my heart today? Am I listening today? Did I make the right choice today? You know. Okay, then the next day we go again. The next day, you know. Yeah. Um, And I and I say too, what? I didn't get that thing because it wasn't meant for me. And I find I've found myself saying that to people oftentimes. You know, a newsroom is one of those places where there's just there can be a lot of uh, rampant disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a competitive environment. You know. Uh, we, we try to lift each other up the best we can, but sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you want it mm-hmm. to. And so, you know, sometimes I've, I've said to people, you know, I, I didn't get that because it wasn't meant for me. Right. And and you didn't get that because it wasn't meant for you either. Yeah. But that's not a slight. That's because there's something else for you. Yes. And we, we, let's find that. Let's find that for you. What is that thing for you? you know? Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to help people toward yes. that. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're helping people find that.
1: Yeah. Gabby Bernstein has an awesome mantra. That's if not this, then something better. Yeah. And that has been amazing in the same way you were just sharing of, well, if it's not this, then it's something better. Yeah. What is it? Let's find it. Yeah. Let's wait for it. Let's prepare this our heart for it. This isn't working
0: out because something better is on the way. Right. Yeah. It's a much quicker way to get where you need to mm-hmm. go. What do you find is a hangup for a lot of people that you work with?
1: Thinking they don't have permission, yeah.
0: really. Like believing that they can't
1: actually, oh, that's nice for you. Yeah. <laughs> or for other people who have fill in the blank, right? Like a supportive partner, a, a bunch of money on the side, yeah. you know, a, a job that they love or whatever. They, they have these like re- rationale for why it's not for them. Yeah. You know, why? Um, I'm, you know, you're just really lucky. um, And versus this is actually all of our, we all have this right. And yes, some people have it a lot harder than others for sure. And there's a level of recognizing your privilege, right? I recognize I have a ton of privilege as a white person and wanting to also recognize that this is something we all have a right to, having this Mm -hmm. feeling of purpose and energy and aliveness and how the world conspires in your favor once you start to step into that versus get pulled around by other people's desires and, and what other people have told you you need to be or do.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like once you started making choices like that, that, that you, people were magnetized to you? You know, they just were coming out of the woodwork? Yeah. And I got
1: to tell you, so we we bought our tiny home at the end of October— to start this retreat center and and we're going to start our migration out west to start living partially off the grid while we migrate our business as well so that we don't need to be in front of our computers every day. Um, And I'll tell you the day that I put that out there, I shared it on my social media. Since that day, we have been getting at least one to three inquiries a day. And people have said things like, and I'm so excited about your tiny home. Like side note, so excited about that. Yeah. And what I'm realizing from hearing it over and over and over again, is that people are so interested in working with people who are making big, scary choices mm-hmm. and able to
0: show that they do work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the other side. Yeah, I made it across the bridge. Right. It's, it, I know it's scary, yes. but I made it. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and I was surprised, I thought, you know, this is, this. yes, this is a big deal, absolutely. Yeah. It's something we've dreamed about and now it's happening. But I couldn't believe it was almost like a new well opened up. And now we're drinking from a fire hose with people (laughs) who are interested in doing this work. Right. And I know for a fact that it's because we live the work, not because we're really great at regurgitating the framework of it or um, just really kind people or whatever it might be. but, But because we know what to do when we fall flat on our faces, how to pick ourselves back up and then share the story of that. Yeah. And to say, you know, we want our, my husband and my share, mo, number one shared core values, unity with nature. And so living off the grid where mm. we're headed in Idaho is, has been in our, something we've wanted ever since we started spending time out there together. And it was always one day, always one day. Yeah. And now that it's like, now, all it, right, day one,
0: one day is now day yes. one. It becomes, Oh, I love yes. that. Yes. One of my favorite things to say is like, when someone says, well, I really want to do such and such, you know, I'll say, why aren't you? Right. Why aren't you doing that? You know, I think there is part of it that, that there does have to be some doing. Yes. There has to be action. In oh it, my gosh. Know? Yes. Aligned action. Aligned action. Right. And I also feel like if there's something you really, really want, that desire was put there. Yes. That's, that's, that's a breadcrumb. Exactly. Don't you think like a breadcrumb toward what needs to be done? What needs to be executed? What needs to be excavated or uncovered and found? Yeah, and
1: it's the kind of thing too that that's the whispers, right? That's what the body can tell you and can give you that information for what's the next step. And so even if it's like, so for example, in my own life, you know, I am on a quest to become a cowgirl. That is literally a part of this retreat (laughs) experience. Yes. I have a cowgirl mentor. I know how to herd cattle across the mountains. Now, next time I go out, we're going to move them across the river together. So, I mean, it's literally been a dream of mine since I was a child, the property that we're building this space out, um, is, was my great uncle's. And so since I was a little girl, I've been going out there and he was a cowboy by profession. And so it, It's funny, I I actually found an old notebook of mine from when I was a little girl recently because my mom's been like cleaning out the attic kind of situation. And I pulled out these pictures that I had drawn as myself as a cowgirl. And um, I also pulled out this thing I wrote about loving New York City. I had never done either of those things, but I went to grad school in Manhattan. It was a huge changer in my life. Um, Now I'm literally becoming a cowgirl as like a dream I had as a little girl that went totally dormant for 20 years and just came back in the last five.
0: Okay. So one of our guests on this same season one, Ian Morgan Cron just said to me, he said, one of his favorite things to say to people is who were you before the world got their hands on you? Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing that story and I'm thinking that. That is that yes. is that, yes. you were drawing these yes. things that you wanted yes. years uh, earlier. Yes. And
1: my mom would tell the story of when I was a little kid, I had these white cowgirl boots with fringe and she said she couldn't get them off my feet. <laughs> and I was living in
0: Baltimore. And, I mean, you should show them the camera I don't know, can, can our camera see these like amazing shoes? Yeah, look, there's your- These co- are
1: from high school. These
0: are your gold cowgirl
1: boots. These are my boots. gold cowgirl boots from high school. But, it, but it's those things that's like, well, you can't be a cowgirl. Like, that's yes, not can. what you do, right? And you can it's do like, whatever you want. Not only can I watch me be <laughs> one, hold my beer. And no, I'm not going to change my profession, right? Like, that. that's not like, I'm not here to totally change my career and be a professional cowgirl, like Cheyenne, my cowgirl mentor, is. Um, but I am here to really experience that because yeah. that's when I feel the most alive when I'm out in nature and connecting through a horse and other people around me. And, um, it's just, it gives me a sense of purpose that is not ignited in any other way. And so that's how I know we're meant to be there. We're meant to give more people these experiences and create spaces where they can explore. What is my thing? You know, what makes me light up when I'm doing, trying these different things out, particularly when it comes to this idea of connecting with nature. I think that's the one of the easiest way to start going into your spiritual journey is totally, totally nature.
0: Agree. Yeah, getting out, getting in the woods, feeling, just feeling nature, I'm totally with you. Yes,
1: it's like all the wisdom that's inside of us is reflected out in nature. And so when we just look for it and listen to it we can get so much further along on our own journey. Whenever I go out um, to our place in Idaho by myself, so I I typically do one to two solo retreats out there, which is a really great, I would recommend to everybody, go on a solo retreat off the grid, like at least once in your life, it will change you because you're so used to expectations of others you didn't even realize, even if it's just your cell phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time I come back with like, 50 ideas because of something I heard when the wind was blowing by Mm. or something that came to me when I watched a ground squirrel cross or something that was a smell in the air that just reminded me of an experience of the past. And it's just with no, I need to block out all the other things you know, when I'm here, I love writing, but when I'm out there, I, I, I write poetry. And I don't write poetry when I'm <laughs> at home, I just don't. But that's what nature does to me. It inspires me in that mm. kind of way. And I, and I know that's all of us. We all have that capacity, but not everyone's gonna get turned on in the same level. Um, right. But I know that the more we can root in that wisdom, the more we can rise into who we're meant to be. Mary Beth Highland, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, this is such a gift. <laughs> Such a gift. Great to be with the soul system. Yeah, I know
0: it. <laughs> if you're loving the Amstigator podcast, the interviews, the stories, and the vulnerability, I'd really like your help to share it with more people. And you can do that by reviewing it. The more positive reviews a podcast has, the more likely it is that Apple and Spotify and Google and everywhere will share it. And if you take the time to do that, I'm giving you something really special. I'll send you my free ebook that I don't have anywhere else on my website. This is my path to transformation that I started in late 2020. It has my routines, my schedules, uh, what I took on, what I let fall away. It's truly how I do life, honestly, how I work full time at the TV station, how I have three tiny children, how I still make time to do this purposeful work. And it's something exclusively for podcast listeners leave an honest review so here's how you get that ebook if you want it just go to amstigator.com review that's where i give step-by-step instructions on how to review the podcast it takes you two minutes you'll share your email so i can send you the ebook bada bing bada boom it's done and literally it's something exclusively for my podcast listeners who go to amstigator.com slash review and follow the steps it's how i say thank you to you a year review really can help place this podcast where more people will see it. And that's why I started this, truly, to help as many people as possible. So you're a part of that. amstigator.com/ slash review is where you got to go. Thanks for listening.